0: Section 14. To the Rescue. The City Colony. Part 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch. Of the practical results which have followed our methods of dealing with the outcasts who take shelter with us, we have many striking examples. Here are a few, each of them a transcript of a life experience relating to men who are now active industrious members of the community upon which but for the agency of these depots they would have been praying to this day a s born in glasgow eighteen twenty five saved at clerkenwell may nineteenth eighteen eighty nine poor parents raised in a glasgow slum was thrown on the streets at seven years of age became the companion and associate of thieves and drifted into crime. The following are his terms of imprisonment. 14 days, 30 days, 30 days, 60 days, 60 days, three times in succession, 4 months, 6 months, twice, 9 months, 18 months, 2 years, 6 years, 7 years, twice, 14 years. Forty years, three months, and six days in the aggregate. Was flogged for violent conduct in jail eight times. W.M. Buff. Born in Deptford, 1864. Saved at Clerkenwell, March 31, 1889. His father was an old Navy man and earned a decent living as a manager. Was sober, respectable, and trustworthy. Mother was a disreputable drunken slattern, a curse and a disgrace to husband and family. The home was broken up and little Buff was given over to the evil influences of his depraved mother. His seventh birthday present from his admiring parent was a quartin' of gin. He got some education at the one-ton alley ragged school, but when nine years old, was caught apple-stealing and sent to the industrial school at ilford for seven years discharged at the end of his term he drifted to the streets the casual wards and metropolitan jails every one of whose interiors he is familiar with he became a ringleader of a gang that infested london a thorough mendicant and 'er ne'er-do-well a pest to society naturally he is a born leader and one of those spirits that command a following. Consequently, when he got salvation, the major part of his following came after him to the shelter, and eventually to God. His character since conversion has been altogether satisfactory, and he is now an orderly at Whitechapel, and to all appearances, a true lad. C.W. Frisco Born in San Francisco, 1862. Saved April twenty fourth, 1889. Taken away from home at the age of eight years and made his way to Texas. Here he took up life amongst the ranches as a cowboy and varied it with occasional trips to sea, developing into a typical brass and rowdy. He had two years for mutiny at sea, four years for mule-stealing, five years for cattle-stealing, and has altogether been in jail for 13 years and 11 months. He came over to England, got mixed up with thieves and casuals here, and did several short terms of imprisonment. He was met on his release at Millbank by an old chum, buff, and shelter captain, came to shelter, got saved, and has stood firm. H.A. Born in Deptford, 1850. Saved at Clerkenwell, January twelfth, 1889. Lost mother in early life, stepmother difficulties supervening, and a propensity to misappropriation of small things developed into thieving. He followed the sea, became a hard drinker, a foul-mouthed blasphemer, and a blatant spouter of infidelity. He drifted about for years, ashore and afloat, and eventually reached the shelter, stranded. Here he sought God and has done well. This summer he had charge of a gang of haymakers sent into the country and stood the ordeal satisfactorily. He seems honest in his profession and strives patiently to follow after God. He is at the workshops. H.S. Born in A-blank in Scotland. Like most Scotch lads, Although parents were in poor circumstances, he managed to get a good education. Early in life, he took to newspaper work and picked up the details of the journalistic profession in several prominent papers in NB. Eventually, he got a position on a provincial newspaper and, having put in a course at Glasgow University, graduated B.A. there. After this, he was on the staff of a Welsh paper, He married a decent girl and had several little ones, but giving way to drink, lost position, wife, family, and friends. At times he would struggle up and recover himself and appears generally to have been able to secure a position. But again and again his besetment overcame him, and each time he would drift lower and lower. For a time he was engaged in secretarial work on a prominent London charity, but fell repeatedly, and at length was dismissed. He came to us an utter outcast, was sent to shelter and workshop, got saved, and is now in a good situation. He gives every promise, and those best able to judge seem very sanguine that at last a real good work has been accomplished in him f d was born in london and brought up to the iron trade held several good situations losing one after another from drink and irregularity on one occasion with twenty pounds in his pocket he started for manchester got drunk there was locked up and fined five shillings and fifteen shillings costs this he paid and as he was leaving the court a gentleman stopped him, saying that he knew his father and inviting him to his house. However, with ten pounds in his pocket, he was too independent, and he declined. But the gentleman gave him his address and left. A few days squandered his cash and clothes soon followed, all disappearing for drink, and then, without a coin, he presented himself at the address given to him at ten o'clock at night. It turned out to be his uncle who gave him two pounds to go back to London, but this, too, disappeared for liquor. He tramped back to London utterly destitute. Several nights were passed on the embankment, and on one occasion a gentleman gave him a ticket for the shelter. This, however, he sold for toppin's and had a pint of beer and stopped out all night. But it set him thinking, and he determined next day to raise fourpence and see what a shelter was like. He came to Whitechapel, became a regular customer, eight months ago got saved, and is now doing well. F.H. was born at Birmingham, 1858, saved at Whitechapel, March 26, 1890. Father died in his infancy, mother marrying again. The stepfather was a drunken Navy, and used to knock the mother about and the lad was left to the streets. At 12 years of age, he left home and tramped to Liverpool, begging his way and sleeping on the roadsides. In Liverpool, he lived about the docks for some days, sleeping where he could. Police found him and returned him to Birmingham, his reception being an unmerciful thrashing from the drunken stepfather. He got several jobs as errand boy, remarkable for his secret pilferings, and two years later left with 50 shillings, stolen money, and reached Middlesbrough by road, got work in a nail factory, stayed nine months, then stole nine shillings from fellow lodger and again took the road. He reached Birmingham and, finding a warrant out for him, joined the Navy. He was in the impregnable training ship three years, behaved himself, only getting one dozen, and was transferred with character marked good to the Iron Duke in the China Seas. Soon got drinking and was locked up and imprisoned for riotous conduct in almost every port in the stations. He broke ship and deserted several times, and was a thorough specimen of a bad British tar. He saw jail in Singapore, Hong Kong, Yokohama, Shanghai, Canton, and other places. In five years, returned home, and, after furlough, joined the Belle Isle in the Irish station. Whiskey here again got hold of him, and excess ruined his constitution. On his leave, he had married, and on his discharge, joined his wife in Birmingham. For some time, he worked as sweeper in the market, but two years ago deserted his wife and family, and came to London, settled down to a loafer's life lived on the streets with casual wards for his home, eventually came to Whitechapel shelter and got saved. He is now a trustworthy, reliable lad, has become reconciled to wife who came to London to see him, and he bids fair to be a useful man. J.W.S., born in Plymouth. His parents are respectable people. He is clever at his business and has held good situations. Two years ago he came to London, fell into evil courses and took to drink. Lost situation after situation and kept on drinking. Lost everything and came to the streets. He found out Westminster Shelter and eventually got saved. His parents were communicated with and help and clothes forthcoming. With salvation came hope and energy. He got a situation at Lewisham seven pence per hour, at his trade, four months standing, and is a promising soldier as well as a respectable mechanic. J.T., born in Ireland, well-educated commercially, clerk and accountant, early in life joined the Queen's Army and by good conduct worked his way up, was orderly room clerk and paymaster's assistant in his regiment. He led a steady life whilst in the service, and at the expiration of his term, passed into the reserve with a very good character. He was a long time unemployed, and this appears to have reduced him to despair, and so to drink. He sank to the lowest ebb and came to Westminster in a deplorable condition, coatless, hatless, shirtless, dirty altogether, a fearful specimen of what a man of good parentage can be brought to. After being in shelter some time, he got saved, was passed to workshops, and gave great satisfaction. At present he is doing clerical work and gives satisfaction as a workman, a good influence in the place. J.S., born in London, of decent parentage. From a child he exhibited thieving propensities soon got into the hands of the police and was in and out of jail continually. He led the life of a confirmed tramp and roved all over the United Kingdom. He has been in penal servitude three times, and his last term was for seven years, with police supervision. After his release, he married a respectable girl and tried to reform, but circumstances were against him character he had none, a jail career only to recommend him, and so he and his wife eventually drifted to destitution. They came to the shelter and asked advice. They were received, and he made application to the sitting magistrate at Clerkenwell as to a situation and what he ought to do. The magistrate helped him and thanked the Salvation Army for its efforts in behalf of him and such as he and asked us to look after the applicant. A little work was given him, and after a time, a good situation procured. Today they have a good time. He is steadily employed, and both are serving God, holding the respect and confidence of neighbors, etc. E.G. came to England in the service of a family of position, and afterwards was butler and upper servant in several houses of the nobility. His health broke down, and for a long time he was altogether unfit for work. He had saved a considerable sum of money, but the cost of doctors and the necessaries of a sick man soon played havoc with his little store, and he became reduced to penury and absolute want. For some time he was in the workhouse, and being discharged, he was advised to go to the shelter. He was low in health as well as in circumstances, and broken in spirit, almost despairing. He was lovingly advised to cast his care upon God, and eventually he was converted. After some time, work was obtained as porter in a city warehouse. Assiduity and faithfulness in a year raised him to the position of traveler. Today he prospers in body and soul, retaining the respect and confidence of all associated with him. We might multiply these records, but those given show the kind of results attained. There's no reason to think that influences which have been blessed of God to the salvation of these poor fellows will not be equally efficacious if applied on a wider scale and over a vaster area. The thing to be noted in all these cases is that it was not the mere feeding which affected the result. It was the combination of the feeding with the personal labor for the individual soul. Still, if we had not fed them, we should never have come near enough to gain any hold upon their hearts. If we had merely fed them, they would have gone away next day to resume with increased energy the predatory and vagrant life which they had been leading but when our feeding and shelter depots brought them to close quarters our officers were literally able to put their arms round their necks and plead with them as brethren who had gone astray we told them that their sins and sorrows had not shut them out from the love of the everlasting father who had sent us to them to help them with all the power of our strong organization, of the divine authority of which we never feel so sure as when it is going forth to seek and to save the lost. End of Section 14 Recording by Tom Hirsch